You're listening to Screenwriters Need to Hear This with Michael Jan. Hey everyone, this is Michael Jamman, and you're listening to Screenwriters Need to Hear This, the podcast. My co-host Phil is not here today. He's working on the back end of the course. He's making it better. That's what I'm told. But I'm here with my very special guest, Christy Stratton. She's a great friend. And thank you, Christy. Thank you for joining the show. I'm well, so pleased. Thank you. I'm so any any chance I can get to to have a chat with you is is um it's exciting, really. Let me tell you something, <laughs> Christy. My, my audience does not deserve you. You're too good for the people. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> but let me tell you, let me tell them, let me give you a little let me give them an introduction so they know who you are. Okay. So uh TV writer and producer. Uh, I'm going to just run through some of your credits. I met you on King of the Hill. We worked yes. together for many years, but before that, you did Hope and Faith. Remember that show? I remember it. Awkward. You were on. You were on Awkward for for a long time. Every everyone's crazy, but us, which was your own mini web series, right? Yes. Which yes. you also directed. Correct. Uh, then Modern Family. We've both heard of that show. Bless the hearts. You've worked on that for for quite a while. You also did Hope and Faith. You liked shows. Well, you like no. You, I'm sorry, raising hope. You like shows with the word hope in it. I. What can I say? That is just that's a theme that I. <laughs> and so I got many questions for you, but I know some of the answers. But these people listening, they don't know anything. So, tell me, tell everyone how you broke into the business. Oh, it's so. You know, it. It was such a a backwards kind of way. I'm from Texas, right. and I went to college in Florida, and I. I, the Universal Studios Orlando had just opened when I graduated from college. So like that was Hollywood to me. That was showbiz. Right. And so I worked as a PA and um, one of the PAs that I work with said, oh, there's this thing called the DGA trainee test. Do you know what this is? I I didn't know what it is. No. What it is, is it's a test that they, I think they still have DGA trainees on, on sets and they will put you, if you like are selected, they put you on sets and that you can be a PA. So, which is, I didn't end up passing or getting uh, to be a DGA trainee, but it brought me out here. And I was kind of like, I, I really don't know what it is I want, but it's not, you know, in Orlando, Florida. So I, but you didn't know if you wanted to be a writer or director. You just oh wanted gosh, to be. I couldn't even imagine being a writer. Like I couldn't even imagine. I wouldn't even dream of doing anything like that. Never. But then what did you want to do? Well, I just wanted to kind of work in entertainment. Well, that's the thing is like I, when I got out here, I started working at a PR firm and I'm like, uh, okay, PR, that's not what I'm, you know, that's not my, you know, nothing against that, but I just wasn't good at that. Right. And, um, And then I worked, gosh, I did a bunch of temp jobs, but then I got, uh, I heard about the Groundlings School and the Groundlings is an LA based comedy troupe. And a lot of very famous Saturday Night Live people came from it and they have a a series of classes that you can take. And I wasn't terribly successful with that either, but it was like, oh, I'm enjoying um, writing. and, and, And so it took many years to get to that point and I did not get through to the Groundlings, but I went to this other theater called the Acme Comedy Theater. And some right. of the people there, Brett Baer and David Finkel were there, Alex Borstein. Right. Some people were there that were doing, that were writing scripts. And so I thought, well, I, 
I'll, I'll try that. And so I then I wrote a couple different ones and I got into the Warner Brothers TV writers program. You did that? Wait, hold on, slow down. Yes. Wait, first of all, no one, was gonna want, no one wants to hear the answer to this but me, but what part of town did you live in when you first came to LA? Oh gosh. I live, well, I live, because I was a PA in Florida, one of the gals had already moved out here. So I kind of was her roommate in, uh, in Santa Monica, but then I lived in this tiny little room that I lived with somebody else in Sherman Oaks. Right. I shared, the bath, I shared a bathroom with a cat. <laughs> and I can remember like walking in on the cat doing his business and being like, oh, sorry, I'll come back. <laughs> um, it was really, um, and I didn't cook for myself. It was just rough, and and I, it, one of my biggest regrets, and I don't have many, is that I didn't take typing in in high school because you right. get all the top temp jobs if you can type fast, and I right. never could. But anywho, but yeah, I lived all over in just tiny, and then I lived in West Hollywood in a bachelor apartment that did not have a kitchen. It had um, uh, a hot plate. And a mini fridge, and in, so if I wanted to. What street was this on West Hollywood? Because I lived in West Hollywood too. On Melrose. What Melrose and what? Oh God. You, you don't Melrose, know. Um, where Melon Roses is. Oh gosh, what is uh, Kings? Kings. Oh, okay, you're further west. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I would use the toilet <clears throat> as my garbage disposal. Like it was, it was really meager. You paid your dues, and then I didn't realize you were in the because we were in the Water Brothers Writers Program too. Oh. I didn't realize that, but what I don't know what year we were in. I wonder if you were before or after us. What I'm was, sure I was after. Do you, how dare you? How dare you imply? It? Oh, no, but you were already a producer when <clears throat> I was a, when I was oh. a <laughs> Did you, did you, did you enjoy it? Did you like? Um, I did because it was the first time at all the things I tried and I tried stand up. I tried, oh my goodness. I tried everything. And it was the only thing that I felt positive <laughs> feedback coming back to me. And it was, and, and so I think all of those years of trying to do all those other things in comedy, trying to figure it out, um, helped. And, right. uh, and it, so I just, and I lucked out that I was one of the ones that was read at the end. So my mm -hmm. first job interview as a writer was for Friends. And I did not really? get it. Wow. It must have been a good script. Yeah. And, and you never wrote with anybody. You've never collaborated with anybody, right? No, Consider that. You know, I wish. Like I did, I did actually. In fact, it's funny. I'm about to go out with a pitch with a person that I used to write with. I did for a while. I wrote a couple uh -huh. movies with my friend Dave Schrader. But um, but I, I, you know, I don't know that I found that other person that it that that it worked out. Because you have to have that kind of equal mm -hmm. amount of work and your work ethic has to be the same and your yeah. and, and I, I don't know I guess I never found that that person and that because that would have been helpful and I you know I love collaborating and and that kind of stuff now so you got out of the Warner Brothers right but people don't know this when you're in the Warner Brothers workshop and you graduate especially you're like probably the top of the class they try to set you up they try to pimp you out to one of their shows at a discount rate at probably about a third of what the writer's gold minimum is, but you're okay. At that point, you're, you're so desperate, you'll do it because whatever. Right. Yeah. And they, they got you meeting with friends, which is amazing. I got it. I did not get <laughs> the job, which which honestly, 
my learning curve was very, you know, slow and long. And I didn't have any, like I knew what I thought was funny and I have a background that's very unique to a lot of people that are out here, but it took years for me. And so if I'd have gotten on that show, I don't, I don't know that I would have lasted. I mean, I like, it was the end. I mean, it was, I think it was the last season, but okay. I mean, I would have been grateful for the opportunity, but I don't know that I would have been, um, a lot of those lessons I had to learn, I'm glad I learned them um, on, on, I don't know, not so big a stage, I guess. Well, were you crushed when you didn't get it though? That's a good question. You I was bummed. How could you not be? I was bummed, but I was a little bit relieved. And then at that point you had an agent, Right, yes. I had a going into the going into the program. That's pretty impressive that you got in any the program. I mean, it's hard to get in. Okay, so then what happened after they you got submitted to other shows? So then, um, yes, and I that's when I got on Three Sisters, and I I was I was useless. I cannot I, overstate. I never even heard of Three Sisters. What was that? It was a one of those. Diane Cannon and um, uh, AJ Langer. Uh huh. And um, Catherine Lanasa, and, and it- the gal who redhead that was played um, Beth on News Radio, and I always forget her name. She did a Nick Nolte. Yeah, right. I know who you're talking. Right. And so, but I did- got on that show when I was I was like I say useless. People don't realize that. People don't realize this is all good because people they don't realize that your first job you're going to be useless. Most writers are going to be useless. Did you recognize they were useless? Because sometimes young writers don't show, they don't realize they're useless and they talk anyway. They don't. Nowadays, it's that. Yeah. But back then, we, I was the only staff writer in the room. Nowadays, right. it's all staff writers and right. like one senior person. Right. But back then, it was very clear. And the two story editors, they were like, fend for yourself. I mean, and I can remember like um, uh, pitching. It was finally my episode. I finally got an episode to write and it was only in the back nine. And uh, it was a disaster. It was awful. Right. And I, I wanted to punch. It was punch up time, but I wasn't very good at that. Like now mm-hmm. I love it and I have so right. much fun doing it. But back then, but I knew it stank. So I, I pitched a joke that was like, the, it, the punchline was like, it's good because of this and bad because of this. And the showrunner said, I don't get it. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I tried to let it go, you know, because I, I wanted to try to see if I could get the room to kind of, you know, help right. me out here. Um, and then she goes, no, 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 explain it to me. So yeah. I'm like, uh, and then I like, it's, as a tear rolls down, yes. and I explain, and then she goes, well, that sounds like it's both good. And I just was like, okay, you know, don't cry out loud. I'm just trying to just <laughs> honestly like hurt myself a little bit so I can. Yeah my energies but I it, it wasn't because I was doing what I thought was good work and ha- being unrecognized it was I didn't know what I was doing and no one helped me <laughs> yes yes that's it's such a okay because I, I talk about that a lot I, okay so then you okay you were sh- then I lucked out sometimes because I've been doing this so long and I had been here so long up to that point you know people. So like, for instance, um, uh, when I needed a new agent, uh, my friend John Westfall, who I did a, gra- a groundlings class with, said, hey, there were, he's at Sony. There were some agents in my office and I recommended you. And so I got with them and um, by sheer luck, 
one of the guys, David Shane, who is still like, I will never, he's paid me a kindness that I will never be able to repay. So Three Sisters was a nightmare. Then David Shane, this guy who was in the Warner Brothers program with me, uh, had a meeting with Greg Daniels because Greg's, or Dave's brother was like roommates with with Greg Daniels or something in college. I'm not sure. But Greg testing him said, uh, to David, uh, who was the best person in your, in your Warner Brothers thing? Seeing mm-hmm. if he would say himself. Oh. Because he, he told me this later. And, he's, and he went, Ugh. and then he said me, and then he's like, she's from Texas. Because it, it was a king of the hill. It was, it was yeah. And so then uh, it turned into like, who is this girl? And so then I got a, a meeting with Greg because of David's I see. That's nice. And so you fit in really well because King of the Hill obviously was, took place in Texas. So they always were looking for more authenticity. They're looking for, they're always looking for writers from Texas. And so you jumped in, I think season six, is that right? Or seven. Or seven. And it was okay. a, like there were two other women and I want to say 15 men. Yeah. And I have to say everyone was so, uh, because I've been on staffs where I've been treated very poorly, but it was uh, uh, all the, you guys, I mean, it wasn't like every, uh, it, I just became the little sister. Like I became, mm-hmm. and, and, and in a way that was um, with kindness, but not inappropriate. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, right. I felt like I was out, I was on my own for a while. Like I'm just this in the sea and I, I can remember pitching a little bit here and there. And I, can remember you uh, being very kind to me and telling me um, that w- p- when pitching a joke, d- you know, don't go to that obvious place because everyone's going to beat you. And you're right. I'm not fast. I'm not right. fast. And that you said, go to a place where no one else is going to go. And so that is what I have done my whole career because I am not that. And all you guys, mm. all you guys could just do this so quickly. And I can like come up with ideas quickly, like, Ooh, what if this character, you know, is this or that, the other thing, but I can't, the joke and forming it and having that punchline, you guys could all do that. But you know, Chrissy, that wasn't, that advice, I struggled the same way. I got that advice from Marsh McCall on Just Shoot Me. So I was the same as you. I mean, we're all the same way. So, yeah. Yeah, but that was a really good place because that show had such great characters and everyone was super smart. I got to kind of learn on the job in a way that, I mean, yes, I always felt like I was going to be fired. And I mean, I think I almost was at a point, but <laughs> uh, but it was, I got to really learn from the best, learn mm-hmm. how to craft story because story was everything. And I don't know, if you, I mean, you remember, we would spend weeks just mm-hmm. bringing story and um, that process. And then you would kind of produce your episodes. Right. And that was really important to me at that time and Garland Testa who I really learned a lot from yeah she's great in the sea of you know Princeton Harvard all of these people Mm -hmm. and what I loved about Garland was she would if someone made a reference to something that she didn't know she would say what does that mean or like what what and I can remember like oh that shows power when you admit to something you don't know. Right. And I, so I always did that. I always, oh, I don't, what is that? Is that a, and because I'm, it shows a lack of insecurity, I guess. Yes. And also there would be times when 
we would come back from an animatic and John Altshuler would be like, why did the animators do this and that? And I knew it was because of something I said. And so I'd be like, oh, sorry, I, that was me. I thought that this would blah, blah, blah. And it would just diffuse, when you admit your mistakes, when you admit what you don't know, it diffuses things right away. It, to me, is kind of a show of, of power, uh, in my opinion. And that's I learned about her because she was in this sea of you know all of these for a long time before you know I came along and and whatnot, but she would always go and I tried to have I, she would always go like almost into a panic when it was time for her to write her script and I, I don't know what I'm doing I'm like Garland you're probably the best writer here <laughs> she's so good but she but she had this she had some of these insecurities as well you're just like I got nothing and she come up with some great line or great scene. Um, yeah, real good character stuff. It was a good, yeah. like I really, I, it was just such a funny group and boy, some lines and that characters were great. And and even though every year I was like, I'm not coming back. I right. would come back and I'm so grateful because I learned so much. Yeah. And you were there for a long time. And then, and then what came, what, and then the show was canceled. And then what happened? What did you do with that? Well, remember it went down in the middle and that's when I did Hope and Faith in New York. So oh. uh, they staffed out of LA and but right. then it shot in New York. And to be able to be paid to write in New York City and be you know, on my own and, and live in Tribeca, that opportunity I, I'm so grateful for because I'll never forget. I went, I was, that was my biggest year in interviews. I went out for, oh boy, a bunch. I went a, a bunch and I got one offer. And that was to move to New York City and and do that show. And I I had the time of my life. That's another thing people don't realize because they say, you know, do I have to move to Hollywood to work in Hollywood? Because they, they mention shows like that that are shot in New York. And I always say, but all the staffing is done in L.A. They hire the L.A. writers and they fly them out there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mark Driscoll was out of New York, but they already knew him. Like, in other words... It wasn't like they did any, they just knew he was out there. So they staffed him. But uh, yeah, no, you got to be, you're absolutely right. And then in between all this, you've saw a bunch of pilots and stuff. Yes. Yeah. I've done pilots. I, and you know what? You say something and you said something to me then, I think, but you hit this on your uh, stuff too. <sighs> My mistake is that I always would come up with pilots based on the stories that I wanted to tell. Right. Ooh, I have this very... Um, difficult relationship with my mother, or ooh, I um, have this interesting relationship with my husband, or I, and, or I get so excited, and I can usually get a producer in a studio excited as well. But once you get to that buyer, if they're not buying that kind of show, I mean, they are. You're just you've wasted your time. There was right. one time I when I did my web that turned out to be my web series. I pitched it as a show with um, David Janelari and NBCU, and we went to NBC, and I mean. The laughs were so much that I had to hold for laughs, which that doesn't happen to me all the time. I'm not this person that can just go into a room and just make everyone guffaw, but right. I did that day. And I had a meeting with one of the gals later, one of the execs that was in the room. And she's like, oh, it was late. And, or it was kind of late in the year. And so we didn't have a lot of you know money left over. And she goes, it was one of the three pitches I heard all season that made me cry laughing, but it wow. didn't. In fact, they spent a million dollars on Bewitched that never happened. Yeah, yeah. 
so people don't realize that as well. Sometimes, it, yeah, it's sometimes about selling it at the right time of the year. If it's lit too late in the year, they're out of money. They've already bought something like it. There's a million reasons for them to say no. But getting them to say yes is much harder. And, uh, and honestly, all the passion in the world, all the connection in the world, all of that does yeah. not matter if it's not something that they are in the market for. Well, then, then how do you go about developing shows now? Gosh, well. I really haven't taken my own advice. Um, a friend came to me with an idea and I'm like, this is great. And I wanted to, I want to get back to broadcast because having been uh, do. streamer stuff, I mean, there was this thing that I supervised <clears throat> that we sold in October of 2019 mm -hmm. and they only passed this past January <laughs> or February because <laughs> The streamers make you do a second script. Then they do a mini room where at that great deal that you made, right. on your, they're not going to pay you that. They're going to pay you a minimum and just the number of weeks that you're working, not the three months of prep you're doing. You get mm -hmm. zero dollars for that. Then, you know, they're going to sit on that for six more months and right. then they'll decide. And um, so after that, and because I think broadcast, there's a lot of broadcast comedies that I am loving. And so I'm like, you know what? Really? There aren't there aren't a lot of broadcast comedies. They're just not. Well, but there are more now that I love than there have been in years past. Okay. So what do you, what are you loving on what comedies are you liking on broadcast? Oh my god, I love those that ghosts. I love right. Abbott Elementary. I right. loved pivoting, my friend Liz Astroff. Right. Uh, I, that show was great. And those shows just give me hope that, like, oh. You know, you can do some really cool, fun stuff um, mm -hmm. on broadcast because I'm I'm done with like the. I just don't want to cringe. I'm done cringing. You're you done know? cringing. I want to laugh. I want to laugh. I want to see you know relatable, interesting stories that are so, funny that I can just turn on and be like, oh my gosh, this. I like I. You know how when you really love a show, you can't mm. tell what episodes are good or bad. Like you just love them right. all. You want to go right. into that world. Curb, I thought was, I know that's not broadcast, but I did love that this year. Um, uh, but I just, sometimes I just want to, I just want to laugh. I don't need to cringe anymore. Well, you're, well, time is running out for you to pitch network. Uh, you know, isn't we're, it? We're going right in. We're literally meeting this guy. who We're going right into the networks with and no producer no nothing because mm -hmm. my agency got bought out by another agency so now i'm with that agency and i switch managers because my other agent became a manager so that all took some and so they said fine we'll take it right they they managed because sometimes you can't even do that you pitch it right to this network which is unusual are you going well, to I'm you in a couple of weeks yeah we'll see <laughs> because most of the time and so how that usually works is if the network buys it and we don't it there's like no right way of doing this. The network will buy it. And if they want it, then they'll dump it off. They'll offload it onto their sister branch, whatever studio that they own or, you know, they're affiliated with. I mean, I guess that's how, that's how you plan to do it. Uh, to me, that makes more sense, but I don't know why the other ways usually, usually you pitch it to a studio and then the studio pitches it to the network. I don't oh, know why. Also, that is. you got to have that producer and the, all right. that takes so much time. And we were ready in July to start talking to people, but wow. we were told that like, Oh, no one's around in August. Everyone mm -hmm. is traveling. And I'm like, okay. So then time just passed. And so once the dust settled and I'm, you know, with my agents and with my manager, they're like, you don't have time to, you know, or we did go to a couple producers and uh, uh, that were not interested. 
Everyone, yeah, it's hard to even, it's hard to get. So as I say, it's the more pieces that you can put together, if you can get a producer attached, then or and then then later a studio, you're walking in with more pieces. It helps to make sell the show, but it's not necessary, but it can help sometimes. <laughs> it depends where their deal is at. It's just kind of like, I'm going to give this a go. This, I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to give it a go. And And I actually have so many pieces of development that are just sitting waiting. Right. I have a script that um, I have, there was a company called um, Global Road that went bankrupt. So I, I wrote a script for them. And now we've got the rights back. <clears throat> and we actually have a piece of talent attached. But you know, now with a spec script, you've got to have a director, you have to not just have the supporting actor, but a lead actor, like you have to, you have to do everyone's job for them. So that right. I have, because I have two pieces of two fully written pilots sitting mm -hmm. and waiting. Because usually it's very hard, in my experience, it's very hard to get talent attached unless you're developing it for them. You know, like I, we've done it with comedians, we'll develop a show for a comedian. But other than that, it's hard to get, in our experience, it's hard, it's hard to get meaningful talent attached, meaning talent that will move the needle. Some people say, well, you know, my friend's an actor. No, 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 no. Not your friend. We need someone famous. <laughs> You know, um, interesting. And so how, what, what is your day like, even when you're not, what is your day like ordinarily when you're not on staff? What do you usually do? What's your writing schedule? Um, well, I'll either work out or I'll get it. My, I do my puzzles. I do all my puzzles. I do like six puzzles. Like your like crossword puzzles? Yeah, well, I do crossword. I do the I do the letterboxed. I do the wordle. I do the quartle. What about word jumble? Are you good at the word jumble? You know the kind that you find at the menus at like the ground round. Can you do that? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, hot dog, and you. Oh, there's hot dog. I found it. <laughs> but I will do anything to delay it, to right. delay writing. But I, I, there's. I'm never. There's never not, uh, there's never a time where I'm not working on something. Even the, even the specs that I are ready that have, a, like I have one that's got a director attached and two producers. I'm not done. Like I will look at it again or I will, ooh. Right. in fact, I got, I, I was inspired because of one of your things. You oh. said something, it was about a moment landing. And there was right. a moment in my, one of my scripts that I'm like, oh, that I just kind of gloss over that. And so I took a minute and I figured out how to make it land. And then mm -hmm. I'm like, hey, you know, here's a new draft of this. Um, but I, so I will, I will then try to have some time to myself. And, um, and I'm kind of like, I'll write a little bit. And if I've come up with something good, I'll reward myself by like doing some, you know, web surfing. I don't like, I'm not this person that says, I'm going to work from this time to this time. Right. I'm best when I'm like doing something else. And then, ooh, that's how I solve that problem. Right, right. I'll, You're not thinking about it. I'll, I'll do a, I'll have a project and I'll like a painting or something. Not, not like a painting, but like painting a wall. And I will be like, ooh, I, I, this is how I can, you know, I can solve that. Now, sometimes it's like, what am I, I have a 13 year old. So like, okay, what are, what are we going to do for dinner? Because my husband, bless his heart, does all the football, the baseball, all of that. He's useless in the kitchen. <laughs> he's really not <laughs> oh okay but but meaning like you know i will there's a lot of those things that fill my day too and but i'm not this person that just sits right and, and works i just i i'm just not now i'm, I'm jumping around but 
I'm going to sound like an old fogey, but how do you feel like writers' rooms have changed since you first got broken? Oh, well, <laughs> they've changed a lot, a lot. I will say, I think it's good that, like, when I came in as, like, either the only woman or the only low-level writer, it took me a long time to do, get, do anything. Whereas nowadays, because they, have, they come in with a lot more confidence, um, I find, and, and, and not, I'm not saying that oh, everyone just is so confident. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that I feel like people can get it quicker because there are more of them and they have more support with, between each other. You think they get it quicker? Because I'm not. A, I, that's not how I see it. I see it as really? they haven't gotten it quicker, but they're just talking anyway. <laughs> because there's so much to, they have to learn. You know, it takes so much to learn. Like the first, even my, all of our careers, the first couple of years, like you're saying, you're kind of useless and you're, it's not that people are shutting you up. It's, it's more, it's more like you don't know how to contribute. No, <laughs> no. And, and because it's very interesting too, as you know, there's a lot that like, I never had anyone, oh my God, how do I say this? And there's a lot that you can't say, and I don't want to, I don't want to be, you know, it's just, you have to kind of make, it used to be writer's rooms. You could say anything, have any kind of discussion, mm -hmm. have any kind of yeah. uh, uh, thing. And you can't really do that anymore. And, and for some good, good reasons and some, uh, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I mean, I'm glad that people aren't treated poorly anymore. I think that right. is, you know, um, I'm trying to get out of the sun here. Uh, that's good. Uh, that so that is a little bit, and you're, you know, I worked for someone recently, a dear friend, who because you got to watch what you say because what if someone takes it the wrong way and you know mm -hmm. it puts it on Twitter. So um, that's, that's different. You know, that's different for better or for worse. And I'm not, I I don't want to, but right. uh, that's certainly different. Like there was a code. Uh, in the writer's room, there was a code that you kept it, you, you kept everything in there unless you were, you know, sharing something with your spouse. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's, that's yeah. different. And story has become so unimportant, I'm guessing to, to buyers or something. I don't know why, but it is like story was so important to us coming up and how much time you devoted to it, that it's surprising to me when you know, people don't know it. I mean, again, it took me forever, but right. when you, it, it's so important and I feel like um, it's kind of a lost art and I, I don't know, I don't know. So I, I and it's, um, yeah. So as a senior writer in the room, you're based, you feel like you're carrying a lot of the weight. Absolutely, right. absolutely. Sorry, I'm moving down here. Um, and yes, yeah. Yes. And, and, would, and look, yeah. So what would you tell, what would you tell new writers or aspiring writers? What kind of advice would you give them? Gosh, watch a lot of TV, watch a yeah. lot of TV, watch it kind of um, like what I do with my son is I'll be like, Ooh, is this the, is this the midpoint? And I'll, I'll right. pause it or I'll be like, well, like if we're watching a movie, like, do you think that's an all is lost? Do you think that's <laughs> right? Like just to, just to, I mean, not that I don't know that he would ever want to be a writer, but right. I, just to kind of get into the rhythms because it's just, it's rhythm and surprise and 
And it's just so hard because it's like, it's all trial and error. It's so all trial and error. And, and I would say to young writers just to, to write and, and see what sticks. Do, do your funny tweets stick? Do, you know, the, the essays you write, does that stick? Just like where, what is sticking? And, and how do you feel people are breaking in today? I really don't know. That's a good question. Cause I'm thinking of like, who are the young writers that we had on the flats, which was that, which was the um, the show that didn't go forward. Um, we, I, one came from my manager. We, it would come from friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think if, if there's anyone that completely we didn't know. And that was maybe at the upper levels because then you read the little blurb and I, you know, I wouldn't, especially with the younger writers, I don't read past 10 pages. Mm-hmm. Why not? Because they're terrible. I'm sorry. Right. Right. Young writers cannot write pilots. Don't put someone on the toilet on page one. Don't have anyone having sex in that first 10 pages. Mm-hmm. I will, I'm done. I, that's yeah. not to me. Um, uh, people talking in a coffee shop. It's a, if it's about dating, I'm like, man. But this one young writer uh, who I knew, which is that's how she came to us, but it was like a comedy about um, like a Titanic like ship captain. Uh-huh. But he was inept and it was told back in that time. And of course I read to him, I'm like, yes, like this person is funny. And you'd think, and I don't know how you are, but I I always thought that, oh, I want to see if they can, if it's a high school show, you know, I want a high school sample, but I just want funny and good ideas. And the, the, the story editor we hired, which you uh, uh, had on your staff, Chandra. Chandra, yeah. Yes. Her first pages, I don't know if you read, but her first pages were a woman giving birth, okay? And it's going through, like, oh, it's it's very dramatic. And then the baby drops on the floor, what? Or something like that. You realize that they she's an actress and she is helping out at a, um, at a hospital where they pretend to have these procedures and that's her job. And I'm like, that, that was enough for me right. to give her a meeting because I thought that's a fun surprise. I did not expect it. It was different. Uh, you know, it looked that she could put a script together, you know, and uh, and so that, that, but I won't read past 10 pages because they're not good. But here's what I want to say to young writers. Yeah. It, everyone is not good. No one comes out good out of the gate. No one. I mean, I don't want to say no one, but I, 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 I just be, don't be so, don't be hard on yourself. Know it. And just keep writing because every time you do something, you will get better. I look back even on the stuff I did four or five years ago, and I'm like, oh, I, you know, I, I, because you're the farther up you go and the more you have to lead people and get things out of them, yeah. that you just get better and faster. And I will say, like, I, it's very hard when someone pitched, like, I'm trying to be the person who entertains every pitch. But when you know, because of your experience, where that pitch is going to end, uh, like, in other words, you can see because mm-hmm. of your experience and, but you don't want to cut that person off. So I'll just, you know, I'll try to follow things down and like, and then once it gets there, then we, move. so <laughs> I don't know, that was apropos of nothing, but um, uh, uh, yeah, I would say for young people, just put, get a camera out, shoot stuff, doing my web series. Um mm-hmm. Emmy nominated and Webby nominated web series that I shot. Mm-hmm. My 
um, it, it, I learned a lot. You learn about how, like, I want to be quick because I don't want to take people's time on the internet. So how do I make these turns? How do I do that quickly? How do I, um, I, it still needs an ending here. How do I do that? And you have whatever, five minutes or less. Right. Um, but I would just tell young writers to listen to people like you, like keep listening and learning and getting, you know, and have people read your scripts, not, you know, I mean, your friends, have them read it, see what works, see what doesn't, and then just keep doing it and keep finding things that inspire you. Because even though, like I say, I complain that, <laughs> like I'm never, it's never the thing that they want when I want to give it to them. That said, I've worked pretty steadily for right. 20 years. And right. that is because I do write things that are my story and I know how to, I know how to craft and I can do all that and they, people can read a sample or, you know, uh, uh, oh, can you attach to do, to do the, you know, supervise this, blah, blah, blah. So it, it's benefited me in some ways that I do that. However, I certainly would love to have that magic thing that says, oh, hey, this is what Fox wants this week. That, that's one thing I say to young writers is like, they're all like, well, how do I sell my show? And I'm like, I learn how to write first. But everyone wants to skip that step. I mean, I'm not crazy, right? You feel the same way. Well, I think once um, like Lena Dunham did it, you know, people are like, I can be that. I can be that, that wonderkind. Um, but yeah, I think that's never, I mean, you can do that, but then you don't have the skills at the other end of that. Um, you know, but, but I, I mean, more power to you. Nowadays they put you with somebody like me and you to clean right. it up. Although I won't do it anymore unless I co-own, like I won't do, I won't do that anymore. Hey, it's Michael Jammin. If you like my videos and you want me to email them to you for free, join my watch list. Every Friday, I send out my top three videos. These are for writers, actors, creative types. You can unsubscribe whenever you want. I'm not gonna spam you, and it's absolutely free. Just go to michaeljammin.com slash watchlist. All right, so Christy, you were talking about supervising projects from from new writers so please go tell us about that or, right or writers that that need you know some kind of supervision um one i supervised a book author <laughs> sorry i'm trying to i'm trying to get out of the sun and <laughs> all right all right here we go um a book author who uh has a writer but has you know not experience in um writing for television and right. that one was a true supervising like she wrote the script she was very clear who all the characters were because they were in her book and i also supervised a young writer for an animated project and so you were attached basically as a showrunner right and i just want to make sure people understand so that means you're basically you're supervising you're kind of giving notes you're not really doing the work and you're not getting paid a lot of money for this no 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 right. no Right. And then I was. Oh, wait, let me continue. The only reason you're doing it is if the show goes to series, then you're attached as the showrunner Correct. to be the boss. As someone who has tried to do that for many years, um, it was, you know, of course I'm going to make that, I'm going to make that gamble. And right. that went so well. And I, and I get sent, especially with uh, 20th animation, they'll send me stuff all the time, but usually it's, I don't spark to it. And I did spark to uh, this one project. And uh, it was a really funny, I mean, I, this is no disrespect to the young writer. The idea was terrific. Uh, the, the world, it was all great. So I just want to say like that. 
However, when you are, um, you know, when you are new at it, you don't know like, all right, what do I need to put in a pitch? Well, here's, you know, you need to, nowadays you have to put that pilot story. Mm. Well, you know, and it's animated. So, okay, it needs to have things that are visual. And so it was a lot of, uh, uh, and like I say, thank goodness, she had a, a very clear voice. So this is, you know, like I say, but it was a, it was a lot. And then I had to kind of help her break that second script. And I got zero dollars for that. Right. Zero dollars US. Right. And, um, and then, of course, it was great to be able to, you know, run a room and see this great, wonderful show come to life. And so I, I want to say that I was so proud and uh, I loved the stuff that we all did together. Right. But at the end of it, I am, I'm not even... Like I'm not, I have no piece of it. I have no, if they could shop that someplace else and if they mm -hmm. wanted to, I, you know, I would be no part of it if, if so they so desired. So I'm kind of like, I'm, I will do this. I will put in this work, but I will not do it without, I'm right. coming, I'm, I'm co-owning this with you. Right. I, and you get, you get me, but I also get, you know, because I come up with ideas, like I like my ideas, but if, I, mm. if I'm gonna like your idea and I'm gonna sink into that idea, you're gonna have to, you know. Yeah, and people don't realize that because it's, I, we hear all the time, people, well, people say to me, I, I, you know, the studio loves my idea. I just need to get a showrunner attached. I'm like, if they love the idea, they would get a showrunner attached and they'd, they'd put up some money, but there's not, people don't understand the, the, the economics of it. It's really not, it's hard to make in the showrunners interest to invest all this time and money because we don't get the money until it's until it goes to the air and so you know you're just you're just as soon work on your own project why are you going to take a risk on something put all six months or a year's worth of work on something and not make money from it yeah and this so years <laughs> yeah right uh that's so that's uh, people don't quite i'm surprised they don't, you don't get something some i mean i don't know oh i got, I a, you I got it like not the second script. The second script was, I did for free. I mean, I didn't do it. She wrote it, but I mean, you know, with a guiding hand. Right. But that we did six episodes and I was just paid that a weekly rate for whatever that 10 to 12 weeks, but right. we repped for three months. Yeah, that was for the mini room thing. Yeah. The mini room thing, which I hope we can, you know, this negotiation is going to be real interesting. Uh, yeah, that's kind of a, the latest people don't know i don't talk about mini rooms a lot because i don't have much experience in it but why don't you tell everyone oh okay what a mini room is See, what it is is you are writing the entire uh season so at once the mini room is ordered well but back up right so you just sold your pitch to the network the network says we like this go on right okay oh okay so that was let's say october 2019 they right. uh and we got two offers and that's why we got to do it writers guild which that's a whole other thing animation and writers guild which right. I would love to talk to you about yeah uh, but then um uh so the script is written and turned in months you know whatever february the pilot script right pilot right. script and the, and you got paid the person that writer got paid to write a pilot script right okay um then they say oh we want a second script to just see if we like it now, the way um, I'm going to try to explain it as best I can. So with streamers, if it's not picked up, there is a, a lesser rate. You know how like a, a half hour uh, 
teleplay is like $27,000, something like that. Right. If your show is under a certain budget in the uh, um, streaming sphere, then you don't have to pay that. You can pay this rate that's less than that. Well, of course our budget's less than that because we're not picked up. So all the scripts were paid this, this rate that I didn't even know because I wrote the last script. I'm like, oh my gosh, something's wrong with my, they've sent me not enough money. Yeah. That's for the second script. The supervisor gets no dollars. Now I, that was during the agency action. So I don't know if my agents could have done, like, I don't know what would have happened. And I believe me, I would have loved to have taken a, you know, co-story by or whatever, but you live and learn. You don't know until you're in it. You just don't know. So, um, I did that for free and that took us to the summertime of 2020. Then the summer of 2020, oh no, no, I'm sorry. They picked up that in the summer of 2020. We turned it in near the end of 2020. Then in May of 2021, they say, we want to keep you guys working. We love this. We want to give you a pre-green light room. So then you're like, okay, what, what, because I didn't know either. And they wanted six more scripts to have a total of eight scripts so they can look at the whole season. Before they decide to actually produce the show. Correct. Right. And And because of that, they're just paying for scripts. And so most writers also have, most writers get paid a writing fee and on top of that, a producing fee because we're right, we do both, right? But if there's, because we're not producing the show, they say, no, we're just gonna give you your writing fee. Well, and no, the not right- even that. It was a weekly minimum, like writers go weekly, like minimum, maybe with a little bit more on it. Right. But they said, um, but they made this deal like, oh, if we don't pick it up by this point, then all of that is fresh cash. Like they try to make it real. Um, but the truth is you're doing the same amount of work that you would do on an ordinary show that's getting produced uh, in pre-production, but you're getting paid a fraction. Uh, it's it's just it's kind of like an accounting trick they do to keep the costs down yeah i mean so i so we then um put a staff together and we had a long time longer than i needed but that's just what they wanted and luckily we got all these wonderful people and it was so it was zoom which i hope i never have to do again if i'm being Mm -hmm. really honest um and um uh so we would just you know, like we knew where we, so we just would break story. And like we were a staff, I tried to do a second room because I love small rooms. I think it is just so much better for everyone when you do small mm-hmm. rooms. But you, did you have a, an, but you didn't have anybody who's experienced on your staff, did you? Um, yeah, yes, some, but, but it was kind of like, and I learned this, like, I know what I want when I send people, okay, think of story ideas. Let's just say, I mm. know what I submitted, like for Bless the Hearts, I would submit to Emily Spivey, who ran that show. I would submit to her, like, here's an idea. They, there's the president's physical fitness test that Violet yeah. has to take. And then I would do a possible um, like scenario on where that leads to, like a paragraph. Mm-hmm. Um, but because these writers that I hired who I thought were wonderful all had so many ideas. So this was, this is an embarrassment of riches. This is not any sort of a, a, a diss, but it would just be just ideas and ideas and ideas and ideas. And so I, you know, it's hard to kind of explain, well, this is what I want. And then I'm like, do I sound like I'm a, you know, um, a bad person, but, but, um, so you, you, 
it just takes time to get in a groove. And when you have 10 weeks, like they're yeah. not going to know what, how to, what, how to present it and how, how to curate which ones that we're both going to like, because they're dealing with two people now. They're not right. just dealing with me and I get to ultimately decide, oh no, um, it's, it's, you know, her show and I am there to kind of facilitate and help and do what I can. Um, uh, uh, so we ended up not doing that as, as much as, and then we did, we'd send off a, uh, hey, write this scene and it would come back wonderful. Right. Um, but um, then at the end of it, you send it off and they were like, oh, which three do you want people to, and we're like, well, you know, I let her decide that. And she kind of got the last, you know, um, go through of whatever she wanted. And then right. it was October, and thank goodness I had another show to jump on. And then they didn't they didn't pass us until like the following January. Yeah. That's how it goes. Um, yeah. And, and we thought because we had such our our execs were so enthusiastic and so great. And and we were sure that it was gonna go. But what was so interesting was because all of that time it took to do that, which was, you know, however two years, um, there they were noticing it because it was Amazon. They were noticing that the animation that was doing well for them was more genre animation. Mm -hmm. So they're like, "Well, you're gonna see, we're gonna pick up a comedy, but but you know, after that, it's just gonna be genre." So it was just kind of like, "Ah, because we did this beautiful, you know, funny, wonderful thing." And right, so you're also at the whim of whatever's work, whatever is hits, what is working, they're gonna want to copy, and if if whatever's not working, you're fall, That's if you're like that, you're you're kind of screwed. And, and what people also don't realize is that the executives overseeing your show, they're always very enthusiastic, but they're usually not the decision maker. The boss, the boss has a different opinion. And so they always tell you they're that, oh, we're so excited about this show. We're all talking about this show. Like, who's we? <laughs> Just the people who are on that level. But, you know, the, so that's another that's another obstacle. And the about. comedy they did pick up was like. Natasha Leone and uh, Maya Rudolph, they're producing it, they're starring mm -hmm. in it. And it's like, we can't compete with that. Even yeah. though I think on the page, who knows? But right. that was just like, oh God. Yeah. You know? It's a hard business. Yeah. And so, so what, what is next for you? What is next for you? What do you, you know, other than this pitch? Pitching this thing. I'm pitching uh, this ridiculous thing. Then I've got these two scripts I'm sitting on. One mm -hmm. has a director and, and two producers attached. The other one has a, a, a piece of uh, acting talent attached that we're, we're just looking and waiting because people don't want to, you know, it's a weird buying time, but at the same time, something else that sucks about the streamers is because there's only eight episodes, Mindy Kaling can do every single show made because mm -hmm. only doing eight episodes, you can do four shows a year. Like yeah, right. You do all the shows. And, right. and because these buyers, whatever is going on, they just want to, they want the big people. They want, and they, right. and which, whatever, I get it. It's hard to have a hit. It's hard. So you want to bank on those same people. And guess what? Those same people will be available because they're only doing eight episodes of this show. Right. And so anyway, so I'm sitting on these two, waiting for, um, uh, we're trying to get a director with the one. I wrote a screenplay and um, my new managed, oh, it's now um, to an actress um, because we tried to go to producers, but that didn't work. Comedies is in movies, it's just hard. It's mm -hmm. hard. And I'm like, I, I, I just love comedy. I, that's what right. I do. That's what I, 
I wish I could write a procedural or a drama. And those are all valid and great things. I can't do that. I can't right. do that. I can't write um, murder, uh, comedy murders. Like I can't, or a, a, a pro, like a um, mystery, the comedy mystery. And I'm like, great. I think that's cool as hell. And when I see it, and I get into it. And I love it. But I like a straight up comedy and I, I'm like, it doesn't cost that much, but yet anyway, so I've got those things mm -hmm. and, you know, and then I'll, I'll so I'm, it's a little bit of kind of waiting and then, and then trying to see there's staffing opportunities that, um, that come up and cause I know people, and you right. so it's like, well, what are their needs? And Interesting. Like I love, I love being on a staff. I love that whole thing. I, I just hope it's not on on Zoom. If you can get those jobs, yeah. <laughs> Christy Stratton, I want to. We're we're pretty much at the end of our time here, but thank you. I this was a, a very interesting talk. I really, I I enjoyed this. I definitely, oh, I definitely enjoy this. So, uh, is there anything else you want to tell people who are listening? Is there anything you you want to sh one last parting thing? Should they follow you somewhere? Especially, oh yeah, well, I'm on Twitter, and, but I don't tweet a lot, but I'm on Instagram at Christy Stratton, but I'm on, I'm Christy S. Mann on Twitter for whatever reason. But here's another thing, young yeah. writers, new writers, it's a tough time coming out of COVID with all the shakeups and all the, you know, all the streamers and everyone, it is a weird as hell time right now anyway. So just keep doing your things, keep whatever little creative outlet that you can do. And with the internet, my gosh, you can do anything yeah. and just keep doing that because it's, it's a hard time because of all that, but because these staffs and there's not any money, there's more low level writers than there are upper level, mm -hmm. which wasn't how we came up. So that's a good thing. And, and, you know, if you're good, someone's going to, you're going to get someone's attention and then they, they'll know somebody and then they know somebody and all the time, like I still uh, have friends that I met. 20 years ago with the groundlings or whatever. And then that will, they'll point me in the right direction for something or, you know, oh, guess what? This person I did a pilot for right. is now the head of 20th television or whatever. You just, it just take all of that takes time. Right. But you gotta be good. This is what I heard, what you just said. You have to be good. And it really helps to be in LA because this is where the fish swim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But you don't have to be good right away. Right, you don't have to be good right away, but you have to work be on it. Oh, yes, you have to, it, as long as every year you can be like, okay, here's how I've improved this year. Here's how I've moved forward just even a little bit. Right. Like, but, and, oh, one more thing. Yeah. Oh my God. This is probably <laughs> the most important thing of all these two hours we've been talking. Be flexible. Take notes. Don't, don't be like, well, this is what this guy says. Or, oh, well, this is what, I, I put that in there because of, uh, 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 uh. if someone's going to take time to read your script, I don't care if it's a fire, I don't care who it is. And it's the hardest thing. And I still do it when my husband reads my stuff. I'll be like, well, that's why I, I'll bark at him. Right. But don't just thank you. Oh, I'll, I'll think that. I'll, and someone may give you notes that completely upend your script and just, you kind of put it away, have a glass of wine watch British baking, let it kind of meld and whatever. And then like, okay, is this person that took this advice or whatever, do, will this change it in a good way? Am I ready to do that? But, but while you're getting notes to be nothing, but great. Yes. No, I think that's a great idea. Or, Oh, just be flexible. Oh, be open. Notes, be open because it, you, you're not going to be the, you're not the ultimate. You don't know everything. And right. it's so hard. Cause when I get notes, I'll be like, 
oh yeah, that is better than what I have. Like, oh yeah, that is it's even now. And I'm like, duh. But <laughs> you know, it's okay to ask for clarification, but take notes and be gracious about it. Excellent. Christy Stratton, thank you so much for, for joining us. And for people listening, thank you until next week. Uh, get on my newsletter. My free newsletter goes out every Friday. Phil sends it out. Sign up, go to michaeljammon.com slash watch list for more tips. And thank you again, Christy. Go follow her on Instagram and Twitter, everywhere you can find uh, Christy Stratton's or sold. All right. Thanks again, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. This has been an episode of Screenwriters Need to Hear This with Michael Jammon. If you'd like to support this podcast, please consider subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing this podcast with someone who needs to hear today's subject. For free daily screenwriting tips, follow Michael on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Michael Jammon Writer. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Phil A. Hudson. This episode was produced by Phil Hudson and edited by Dallas Crane. Until next time, keep writing.